I've seen these types of things before where, you know, you're sitting there and I'm genuinely saying from a financial perspective, the way we're set, we can overcome this and have better days. It's just going to be tough before we get to them. So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Paul Morris and I just got to finish interviewing Robert Mesh. He's called the Smoker Broker out of Dallas. He was kind of a famous barbecue pit master and also a broker. He gave us lots of information and things, you know, actionable stuff to do, how we should really feel about the economy right now. Paul, what'd you think? I thought it was great. You know, he, he gave us a message of hope, which is, which is great, phenomenal, but more importantly, it was a message of hope backed up by real, real actionable things that we can do. So it was, it was, uh, it was great. Use it, you know, use of technology essentially to stay connected to his team, but also, yeah. uh, what is he doing in terms of client outreach, and how can you use this time to make yourself stronger, better when we come out of this at the end? Yeah, great statistical comparisons of 2008, 2009, too. Something's been on a lot of people's mind. I think people are going to listen. They're going to come out of this with a lot of hope and the uh, and a lot of action. So, rock stars. Hope you enjoy listening. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui here with my co-host, Paul Morris. Today, we get to interview Robert Mesh. Robert's known as the Smoker Broker out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I can't wait to hear about where he came up with that name. You know, the And as we get started, you know, Robert, thanks for being here today. Hey, thanks for having me. Always enjoy it. Awesome. So I saw you on stage. I popped in, got to see a little bit of the KW convention up in Dallas. And I don't know, there's 30,000 people there, 40,000 people there. They, but they brought you up on stage up there. The, why, why were you on stage in front of that big of a group? And, and where did you come up with the Smoker Broker? So Gary Keller is moving in, uh, you know, he's always moving in many directions, but he's had a lot of focus over the last uh, few years on bringing in the independent broker model into mm -hmm. the Keller Williams organization. Um, as I had mentioned uh, before we got on air, you know, I had spent, um, I started off at Keller Williams many years ago and kept my ties very close. You know, I never burned any bridges. I always believe that's really good business advice. So I went through and uh, when the time came to where we started having a lot of disruptors, it brought me back into the Keller Williams environment uh, late in August of last year, in which we became one of the largest teams in the Keller Williams environment mm -hmm. the smoker broker name it comes from i do have a little bit on the competitive barbecue professional team that we've been on for quite many years and the name just comes from one day sitting around uh, actually it's kind of embarrassing it was playing cards one day and someone said that uh they go hey you're that smoker guy and then the other guy goes hey you're that broker guy and then someone just said smoker broker and it's stuck ever since so you're a competitive barbecue guy, the, and that's funny, and you're sitting in the same place. It's like, hey, you're that persona. Hey, you're that persona. So yeah. why don't we just pull these things together? Uh, yeah. 
You go. I love that first advice you gave too. Probably great. You know, you said don't burn bridges, right? Yeah. Like the, so even though you had left KW to do your own thing, the, it was still, you know, you know, acting, you know, respectfully inside real estate and working well, because you never know when you need that bridge back, right? Or, or well, when that's going to be. A- you know, that's a lot of uh, thanks to Dee Dee Trosclair. She was uh, very close to me over those years, uh, always asking me to uh, go to lunch probably once every six months or so. We became, uh, decent friends. That's always a funny story too. The day I left Keller Williams was the day Dee Dee came in as the team lead. So we always joke about she was the reason why I left, but that wasn't true at all. But we remained friends all these years and she's the one that continued to um, pursue me. You know, for years I've told her I'm not coming back. There's no reason I run my own firm. It's, it's very successful. I have no need to do that. And that was true right up until three years ago where the disruptors in the market started giving me things that I did not have. And for once in my career, I actually did need help. And it wasn't just something I could create on my own. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, this is sort of a theme too, is that the, and, and, and you made that decision obviously before our current times, which are unprecedented. Yes. And, and one of the things that we're looking at, we're, we're, you know, I mean, uh, you're, you're Keller Williams. I'm Keller Williams. This is a very brand agnostic show. So we're making sure that we, uh, we interview people from all brands and we're giving advice to lots of people from different places. And I, I wonder, it just, it just seems like there's more need for a collective resource you know, again, for you before the, 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 what's going on right now. Now, do you find that now that you've made this choice to go from on your own to a, to a larger firm that, uh, that you find that's an even better choice now that, now that, uh, now that we're facing this crisis? <laughs> it's almost a godsend right now. I mean, forget the crisis that we have. It was already starting to improve the mm-hmm. status that we had in the market. This just makes it even more mainstream that we needed to do it. You know, I have been saying for the last few weeks, I've done a lot of these podcasts with a lot of people. And, you know, I've been telling everybody, I, I don't know how I would have handled that on my own. You know, as an independent broker, you're cut off from the rest of the world. And you have the expertise to run the firm. I mean, you wouldn't be there if that was the case. But there are some things you just can't see. And, you know, I, I'm surrounded you know, I'm very fortunate to be in the Go Network. You know, so my mentors are people like Smokey Garrett that you know I literally have yep. Yep. You know, just a text away. Sure. Who basically helps me and molds me through and gets me through these things. And you know, it's hard to replace that type of expertise. You know, sure. when you're dealing with these types of things. Sure, and I know Smokey well, and he's a great mentor. And uh, and and to that same end, I think that you know someone even with your level of experience, because a lot of our you know, a lot of our listeners, they've got great experience, but they don't have this level of experience, uh, your level of experience. And it's interesting to hear from you that even someone of your level of experience, you know, it, it still helps to have, uh, to have connection to people. I, I find in my offices that, that these, uh, these, you know, as we're in a shelter in place kind of thing, people can't even go into the office. So we've now turned our great community essentially into, you know, a bunch of islands and it takes a lot of work for us to keep that community going. Are you, what are you doing in your, for your team or how are you keeping in touch with your, with your, uh, with your staff? And then ultimately I think what we want to know really is, you know, how are you keeping in touch with your, with your clients? Well, so for me, it was very fortunate in the fact that 
uh, SWR, which was that comes from Small World Realty, mm-hmm. it was run initially as a somewhat virtual firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, SWR was created with a part-time agent niche. A lot of my agents are part-time because that's how I started in the industry. And for years, we had already been conducting business via this way. Uh, you know, Zoom's nothing new to me. I mean, I've done that for the longest time. You know, we had had been involved in virtual showings and, and interviews and all types of things way before this happened. So for us, at least my more experienced crew, this isn't anything new to us. We're able to adapt pretty quick uh, to uh, having to do things virtually. Now, with the new staff that comes on, that's hard. You know, we got we have you know we've brought on probably 15 agents in the last month that yeah. haven't even been able to see the office, and and, right. and that's that's difficult. You know, and thankfully. And, and, I, and I'm one of the few that can say this because I've done it before. I'm, I'm pretty much running another firm inside of a firm. So I can continue to operate like I had before because I had those resources in place. But mm. it's very hard because they don't get the full uh, appreciation of Keller Williams. So it's difficult for them right now. Uh, we are, just like everybody else, having constant uh, meetings. I typically do once or twice a week what I call a hangout meeting. Uh, 7 uh-huh. o'clock at night after everything's kind of calmed down. Uh, I really don't have an agenda unless something major has happened in the day that needs to be an announcement. But I go on and say, I'm here for you. Let's talk about things. I don't care whether it's, you know, general training issues. If it's something concerned about the coronavirus, your business, let us know. And then they start talking amongst each other. And a lot of good conversation comes from that. We're also very fortunate in the fact that uh, the Go Network via Smokey is conducting massive amounts of resources into the region with mm-hmm. daily phone calls and um, daily uh, accounts from some of their top agents and some of their top teams uh, to basically, you know, uh, be very enthusiastic about the market and tell us what's going on. So just tons of resources that are uh, thrown at us from every which way. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things and I appreciate, one, one of the things I'm getting from you is community. Obviously, community is very important. I get that. Is there Are there any specifics? So, um, you know, when you're on this call, like, hey, we're in this together. That's helpful. Okay, that really is. I'm not downplaying that. Yeah. And I want to know, like, okay, so what am I supposed to be doing now? How, uh, what are you communicating to your team? Or what's the company you're associated with communicating to you? How, how is that in, down into practical steps? Especially so again, those new agents, right? Like, yeah, you've got yeah. those, all those For new sure. ones that just came on this month. And they're saying, hey, what do I do next? Where, right. how, how are you getting everybody started? Right. So for me, again, that was because I've done this on my own and we had virtual um, uh, systems in place. I'm always involved in the day-to-day operations. One thing that's very unique about me, um, I'm one of the few brokers in the state of Texas and possibly in the country that continues to review every single thing before it touches a third party. Nothing goes to anybody unless I've seen it before. Probably one of the number one reasons I've never been sued uh, in this entire time frame. You know, I'm a... uh, I'm not a gray area type of guy. It's either right or it's wrong. You know, I tell people all the time that I can always make more money, but I can never get my ethics back. So I always am involved in the day-to-day operations. So when we have something like this, it really doesn't change what I'm already doing. Our agents, whether we're in Corona or not, are always going through me with mm-hmm. their any type of deals they're doing, uh, any type of paperwork that they're doing. It all goes through me. You know, I have five managers that I can push them off on. I insist on being the primary contact. 
I'm still the one that takes the phone calls at 11 o'clock. So when we're in a situation like this, it's not as difficult for me because I've already incorporated those things uh, with the agents as far as policies that they're supposed to do, regardless of whether we're in this type of situation or not. Is there a way to lead generate right now? Should yeah, people be absolutely. lead generating right now? Yeah. And you know, I think one of the uh, silver linings of this entire thing is, is that it's forcing people who have just constantly ignored technology to finally accept that they have no choice but to embrace the technology because it is the way we do real estate from here moving forward. It has been the way we do real estate from here going forward. And I think it's forcing them to start adapting. You know, these, you have a lot of people out there that are going through these calls where they're learning how to talk to a client via um, Zoom. You know, I, I, I always kind of enjoy watching the team leads and how they're adjusting to interviewing somebody on Zoom. I go, you know, nothing's changed. It's the same interview. You know, the, the background doesn't have, yeah. you know, the normal stuff on it. And hell, even with Zoom, you can actually make the background the way you want it if, if you wanted it to be there. So I love the people out there that are messing with their virtual backgrounds like they've never figured it out before. So that's been kind of fun. But uh, these are things that we've already done before. And we can do from a, a lead generation part of it. We really have started pushing the social media side more so than ever. I mean, social media has always been important, but now we're really focusing in on the social media aspects of lead generation. For example, um, some of the things I've really been pushing recently, uh, I enjoy the people who are out there that are doing like uh, raffles uh, online, uh, some type of an event and they tag all their clients and customer and family and friends, and they say they're going to reward like a 50 or $100, you know, um, a gift certificate or something. I love that because all these names are on there. You know, these people have to provide their contact if they want to be considered for that award. Most people tend to give their real actual identity when they want an award. And I don't consider that a cold call because that's someone who reached out to us for something we had. So for me, that's easier to push. You know, I've seen a lot of people who do their personal events. Uh, we saw one of our agents the other day who teaches yoga and uh, she tagged everybody in her thing. So y'all are welcome to join today. I think she had like 95 people watching the, wow. the yoga. So that we're pushing a different alternative than we have in the past. A different type of community, a different type of connection. You know, Absolutely. I had to I had to sort of resist the, you know, is it too soon to joke about, you know, well, I think maybe we'll make our, uh, we'll make our raffle, you know, hand sanitizer or, uh, you know, toilet paper or whatever. I think that's a soft one right now. I really think everybody's accepted the fact that that is kind of just strange how those were the first things to go, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah we talked about having that be our gift to all of our, all of our tenants out there and all of our customers. Like if we could just send them just a, a, a pack of toilet paper right now, you know, the, a gal I was interviewing yesterday, she talked about taking this time to really to reach out to all of their customers or guys that work for them and actually have the long conversation. Maybe the conversations they've never had time to have before, right? Because it was always so busy and so many different things. So they're you know, having two or three clients a day or, or, or agents a day and just having the real long conversation. You know, do you think do you think agents out there right now are doing that enough? Do you think they're taking this as the time to really figure out, like, get to know their clients better? Is that um, something that you guys are doing? Yeah, unfortunately, it's the old 10%, 90% rule is that no matter what goes on, the 10% are going to continue to do 90% of the work. And no matter how strong we tell them that this time is perfect for that, 
you know, they still resist in getting outside their regular day-to-day -day stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. Yes, it is true that more people are answering the phone than they normally ever would. More people are actually kind of wanting to talk about things that we talk about. So the ones that do it, it is a very good time for them right now because they do have a very engaged audience at this point and more so than they ever have in a long time. So it started to encourage those things. You know, we've pushed very hard in our group and in our region that it shouldn't just be, a, you know, a sales call. You know, there should be some empathy in there as to what they're going through, uh, reaching out uh, to see if we can help in any way and utilizing the financial tools that we have to possibly help. You know, I love the script with Keller Williams Mortgage, you know, where we reach out to them and we're telling them, look, let us know if we can help. You know, if you are in the process of buying, you know, we can help you out financially. If you go through Keller Williams Mortgage, you know, those things are helping somebody. So for me, uh, it makes it easier to direct everybody as to what they should be doing and saying when they're talking to these people. And for people who aren't at uh, Keller Williams, one of the one of the value pro uh, propositions there is just that you know they've created a, a no money uh, a no money mortgage. And for people who uh, who are not with Keller Williams, I think the takeaway is find something of value. It doesn't need to be Keller Williams mortgage, right? If you're with KW, you have that tool, you have that you know uh, quiver in your in, in available and ready to go. But find something of value. So that you're approaching these people, and it's and it comes from it comes from contribution on the sales call. I, I I've been talking to my people, and uh, and I give them a script. See, you know, one of the things I, I always make sure we do for our audience is is you know we get great mindset, we get great ideas, and I want to give them really concrete, actionable stuff. And one of the things I'm saying is just, just go ahead and send what I'm calling an I care text message. You can start with a text message. And you make it a little bit, you know, you make it a little personal. You say, hey, Aaron, you know, uh, how are you doing? Want to check in with you and your family. I know that these are crazy times. Hope you're staying safe. If there's anything uh, I can do, let me know. And then some message of hope, which is like a, uh, this too shall pass, right? And then, and then, and I send that. And 90 five percent of the time or more I get a return back like hey wow a lot of times I get like wow I was just thinking about you right. because here's an interesting phenomenon and that is when I look on my inbox of my text it's only uh, close friends and family checking in on me and that's not a bad thing it's what people do in a crisis okay right. but this gives us the opportunity to be the one that reaches out when I reach out they're like oh yeah hey I was thinking about you right and so then after I get that back, then I have a set message that I send back with some resources like, hey, you know, here's some low, uh, recent resources. You know, it's so, funny you say that because for years I was very big on, I'm very different than a lot of the Keller Williams machine and, the, and I have to admit I've learned so much just being back in watching some of the professionals in here with their lead generation and their phone call systems and you know, I've never been big on pushing the phone side of it, uh, more of a sales side of it, which is unfortunate with the type of group I run. But I love the fact how you were talking about how you're reaching out. That's something that I've used for years now. I've always taught my crew that, you know, it, you should contact this base, but it doesn't have to be about real estate. If yeah. it's consistent enough, you know, you have your name and your signature with your, your firm name, your group name, you know, you have some type of name tag. They know what you're doing. And I loved your percentages, you know. 
Real Estate Rockstars. This is Aaron Amuchastegui. And as you know, when you've been hearing these episodes, so many of our guests give us lots of free gifts and share the tools they've been using to become successful. We've got free real estate tools, scripts, ebooks, marketing materials, and more. We keep track of everything in our vault, and it's updated with new items each and every week. If you want access to that stuff, it's totally free for being a listener. All you have to do is go to agentsuccesstoolbox.com agentsuccesstoolbox.com and get your free gifts now. So I've even seen agents lately, you know, just like what you guys said, it's like reaching out, offering value, checking in. It starts like, Hey, how are you doing? What can I do to help you? And I've seen about like grocery shopping, like literally like, Hey, is there anything I can go do for you? Especially like elderly clients. And there's maybe they even sold a house for a year or two ago that aren't a current client, but it's taking this time to rekindle relationships and going out there and saying, literally, it's just about service right now because that can pay off later. Can you think of any tips or anything that, that agents could be doing right now other than, I mean, I guess the client will tell them what they need, but anything that you've seen lately that's been standing out to you? Yeah, we're actually doing those very things. You know, it's funny, you really see the true heart of the American spirit with uh, people out there. There are people who genuinely do that, not even doing it for business purposes. They legitimately are trying to help, you know, the entire senior community in what we can do and help with them. We have had several agents, uh, more than probably several, uh, reach out to those types of communities asking what we can do to help. I just think you see the good in people when you have such a terrible thing going on. You know, the world can be a very hateful place at times, but, you know, if you really strip it down to its core, it is a very decent place with decent people. And sometimes things like this that are unprecedented really start to show people's true colors. And I think that's what you're seeing right now with a lot of the real estate agents and people in general. And a lot of times I think people, you know, uh, people actually have the, you know, sure, there are, there's, there are those that are taking advantage of times like this, but I think more often than not, there's a lot of people that have it in their heart to do something and they just don't know what to do. So what, what are some examples of some, uh, you know, of client outreach or whatever? And like, like you said, it doesn't have to be all about getting business, but, but one of the things we're doing is establishing ourselves as a leader in the in the uh, community yeah in some of our financially challenged areas throughout dallas fort worth we're having uh, the agents reach out to the food banks to see if we can help deliver the food to where it needs to go you have numerous school districts mm-hmm. where and this guy this is the worst this is the hardest one for me it's amazing how many students uh, rely on the food that's uh, given by the school just to get by yes. and eat. That's the one that gets me the most. So uh, we volunteer to send out those packages as well and drop them off for people that are out there that need them. Uh, there are just so many different things that people utilize. And you know, you're really talking about a special person when they too have to risk going out and be careful what they touch where they are. So there's a limited scope as to what we can do, but what we can help with, we're doing in every which way. And what are you, what are you doing with the, you know, I I don't know exactly in Texas, but we're getting mixed messages in California. And I think a lot of States are getting mixed messages where, for example, California, they just said, Hey, you know, it is, uh, it is deemed an essential business, but then we've got all these overlays. Well, that doesn't mean you can break the social distancing. It doesn't mean you can go into the office or how, how are you guys dealing with that? So we had that a significant change in that yesterday. The governor of the state of Texas deemed all 
real estate professionals essential. In the end, and we communicated this uh, through our region and through our own personal group last night, it all comes down to this. Unless it's an absolute emergency, they shouldn't be going out. You know, open houses is totally out of the question right now. That shouldn't be happening. Um, you know, if there's an emergency that has to be done, even in those cases, we're telling them it should only be one person and they should be using every precaution they can. There's nothing that we want to where we really was infected by someone who is in that process, even if it's two or three people, and we were behind it. So we're being very careful, even though we've been ordered, that we are essential and we can show if we have to. It's something that we're just very backing off of and trying to use every virtual tour uh, uh, that we can before we do that. You know, up until yesterday, we've been telling the crew it's what's defensible to you. What would be defensible if you said, look, I had to do this, and now that's changed to, is that advisable? Is that really something that you should have done? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that the advice that I had gotten, because I'm in you know, close touch with our council, and again, it's California rules, and this isn't legal advice, but you know, one of the things that he talked about, just sort of an awareness is, you've got, you've got the things like, you know, if you're breaking, maybe breaking the bending, the, the, the rulings, you know, uh, are they actually going to come out and prosecute you? The answer is no. However, are you creating liability? So let's say that someone gets sick in that somewhere along that chain. Well, they may have gotten sick from 40 different ways, but you could, be the, you could be the person with liability. And it's not even that, you know, it's not even that, I mean, safety, really safety first, you know? So, the way we're going to get through this is by really adhering uh, in, a, in a strong way. On the other hand, sometimes people still need to sell a house. They still need to do it. And where we are, I believe we, I, I believe the governors are correct and we are an essential service. It's a question of how do we do that and remain safe? Well, what are you supposed to do? Let someone who has relocated all this stand in, you know, in a public uh, a lodging where they don't want to be and where it's not safe for them or their kids. Or, and I mean, it has, it is essential. I mean, it is one of the core foundations of uh, United States business. So yeah, it is essential. And it does have to be done at times. It just has to be done with common sense. And that can be difficult with a lot of people. Yeah, you know, we had a, a listing this week down in the Austin area and an agent reached out to us a few days ago and they said, Hey, are we allowed to go show your listing? Um, it's got a family of four that would be there. And has anyone else shown it in the last 24 hours? Right? So the, so for them, that was kind of the family wanted to go out there, but they were nervous about it. So they, so they said, Hey, can you either send us videos or are we allowed to be there? And has anyone else been there? And he said, well, well, no one has been there in two days. The right now. So if you guys want to go show it, you're more than welcome to. And the, um, and I actually thought that was a pretty decent strategy, right? That was an agent trying to find a solution to it. Like they reached out first. Hey, has anyone else been there? If I had said somebody shown a little while ago, yeah. they might not have gone. But that was that felt like a it was worth the risk for them. Do you, you think that's you think that was worth the risk? Think that's Absolutely. A no, if it's a communication from both sides where everybody is comfortable, they've been told. Like we had one this morning where um, the buyer from another firm wants to show the property. We've instructed all of our crew first offer them to do a Zoom interview where the occupant's going to walk us through the house and both agents are on the line, are in the interview, and so is the buyer. We first request that. This particular seller said, look, I've got no problem. I will disinfect everything. You know, I'll have everything very proper. I need them to understand that I've done that. I don't feel like I'm symptomatic, but I don't know. If they want to come in under those circumstances, that's up to them. And to me, that's all you can really ask for. 
Plus, it's documented on the Zoom that those are things that we went through before we walk them into that house. So I think that, that it's, a, it's a general conversation that everybody has to have. Yeah, that's that's great advice. I think the and being able to kind of step through those options. We do have the technology we didn't have before. Do you think you know the? There's a lot of people that are doing those. Um, you know, now you can get pictures taken of the house. That's like a 3D walkthrough. Yeah, I saw those. Through. Those are cool. <laughs> do you think those are going to start booming? You think people are going to start using those more and more? Yeah, I think you're going to see a massive intake into the technology side of it. You know, that's what started Realtor.com was virtual tours, and you know, uh, that's what really launched their platform. And it's funny, Realtor.com, as everybody else got into the same uh, game, it kind of started filtering off. But the 3D is a cool way of looking at the house. You know, it's a different way. And I think because it's different, it's enjoyed. So you, and the timing is very good for it in this market right now. So, yeah, I think you'll see an adaption. Is it something that becomes a mainstream part of the market for years to come? I don't know. I mean, it might be a fad. But I will say I saw that for the first time a few weeks ago. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And we're seeing it quite a bit out out where we are. In fact, we had already uh, we had already been using some of the top brands for the 3D tours, and they do a you know all sorts of views. One's just sort of 3D walkthrough, and then another one is the you know the dollhouse kind of view where you can really three dimensional look at, at all the different parts of the house. And and uh, you know we were really moving toward that not as a way to supplant the actual. Uh, walk through people we feel are obviously going to want to walk through before they buy a home, but it really provides a lot of information. Yeah. And you said it best too. These are just initial tools. That's kind of where the mm -hmm. essential part also comes into play. We get them to do the technical side first. And if they really want it, then we say, Hey, look, this is an essential need for them to see the house. We need to get them in there. You know, I think that's something else that's going to be adapted. We have so many people who are kind of looky-loos out there that we know only want to look at, you know, five or six homes. And we know the moment they walk in, they're going to be like, no, this isn't for me. I think you're going to see a real migration to when we have that type of buyer. Well, hey, why don't we try to do this on Zoom? Let me see if I can get the owner or the occupant in there so we can walk you through it versus having to go show 20 or 30 homes that we know probably would have never really been on the list. I think you're going to see a lot of that as we move forward, too. And I think there are uh, things that will change for the better. Is that one of them? Or what other things do you see changing when we come out of this? The world's changed for the better. Yeah, you know, it's, it is a change. And you've heard it a lot uh, over the last few days. It will be, this is a change that will forever be engraved. We won't go back to normal. But maybe the new normal is something better and more improved. Mm -hmm. There is a silver lining to some of the things that are going on. I think people are gaining a little more appreciation for the things that they do, the life that they have, the businesses that they have, the people that have been extremely arrogant, and we have a few in our industry. I think they've been humbled by this process and they will continue to be humbled. And I think they'll just take things a little bit easier. As you move forward, you know, you're gonna have a more concerned general public. You know, our industry is set up more than anyone to be able to move forward and conduct business in the new norm. Mm -hmm. This does get better. It is gonna be awful over the next few weeks. There's no doubt the death count gets higher and, and right. anxiety goes high and nobody wants to hear 100,000 or 200,000 people mm -hmm. you know, passing away. But once it does pass, we mm -hmm. do move forward as we always do. And I think the real estate market, 
comes back stronger. One of the other benefits that we've seen from this type of crash to a, well, not a, not a housing crash, but just a financial crisis compared to 2008, uh, the 2008 crash, we went into the 2008 crash, not that strong. You know, the jobs weren't that great. And the market, we didn't, you know, the market had plenty of houses out there. Right now we have a shortage of inventory and a very strong housing market. So it's going to take this hit a lot easier than it did uh, years ago. You know, the biggest threat to anything in the housing market right now is the obvious is when it comes to unemployment. Unemployment is going to be the thing that's mm -hmm. tough. But, you know, even there, you had massive numbers over the last week. Those are really transitional. A lot of those people who lost jobs, you know, you've got people like Amazon, Papa John's. They're hiring thousands of people. You're going to see a transition from there to there. So those numbers do stable out. That's the thing that I watch most carefully, though, is the unemployment, because that can have an ultra effect on oh, the yeah. real estate market. But moving forward, I think we're going to be a lot better off, probably even a lot more euphoric to some extent, that we can get past such a virus and mm -hmm. show that we can continue on no matter what comes at us. Mm -hmm. That's great perspective. Really great. And, uh, you know, I, 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 too, look at those unemployment numbers. And when you see unemployment numbers that will, you know, soon be, if haven't already exceeded the Great Depression, you're like, oh, my gosh. But there was such a, uh, a terrible economic situation underlying that that caused it. This is really a black swan lightning strike event. And when we get through this, uh, yes, our economy will be hurt. But I think there will be, like you say, a euphoria. That's a great way. Like, oh, wow, hey, we're you know, I'm feeling good. Everybody's feeling good. That's, let's get back at it. People are going to be hungry for that. One thing the Great Depression lacked was $2 trillion to be able to pump back in yeah. to the economy. This is unprecedented. And yeah, nobody wants that to happen. It hurts eventually. We have to pay for that at some point. But the fact is, we have been running high for the last few years on a very stable, uproast economy. And it's going to hold us through on a shot like this. And again, very euphoric in the fact that if we could take that type of shot, what is it that can stop us? I mean, because this is going to be a really tough thing to get past, but the initial indications is that we will. I do think we're responding uh, appropriately. I don't mean that medically or anything else or politically. Yeah. I, mean, I think yeah. we're responding the best we can to make things happen. Whether you agree or not with the administration, pumping yeah. $2 trillion is really important yeah. to a lot of people out there. So I think that's going to help the housing market as well. Yeah, you. Uh, what a what a cool perspective because you you know the three of us are not uh, we're we are we are not and probably a lot of people are glad we're not leaders of the free world. We're also not virologists and absolutely experts. But one of the things that we are is we are leaders in the real estate industry, and that's a big deal. And so coming, you know, Robert, uh, our audience listening to you and hearing that message of hope is a big deal. So uh, and, and I genuinely and, uh, mean it too. It's yeah, no. You hear a lot of people talking about the, the yeah, we got to get up. We got to do this. We got to do that. I'm like, I get that. I go, but I'm genuinely telling you from a business perspective, you know, I, uh, before I got into the real estate industry, I worked on the executive team uh, at Foot Locker, Foot Action USA, and Just for Feet with their finance. And, you know, I've seen these types of things before where, you know, you're sitting there and I'm genuinely saying from a financial perspective, the way we're set, we can overcome this and have better days it's just going to be tough before we get to them yep what a what a, what a great perspective at the end and and just like we said you know robert's not a small broker right like what, what was your volume last year so we did about 94 million uh, wow. 
Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting, though, and I love, Paul, your region. I met some of your crew uh, at, uh, at Family Reunion. It's always kind of tough for me because I have about 120 to 130 agents, but a lot of my crew is, my niche is part-time real estate. Half my crew is full-time, half my crew is part-time. Uh, sure. So it's funny when I talk to the guys in the Bay Area, you know, they're doing double the volume that I am with like a quarter of the people. So sometimes yeah. it's a little humiliating, but yeah. it's still awesome. Well, I think my point with that, Robert, is you're, you're a leader. You got a lot of people that are following you. You got a big team. You're doing big things out there. You've got that financial background. And just like what we were finishing with, the, a lot of people have been comparing it to 2001, 2008. And you said, no, this is better than 2008. And here's why. That was a really clear, concise uh, explanation. I appreciated hearing that. I'm, I'm leaving this with with, uh, with, you know, hopeful, you know, with saying that, yes, that stimulus has, has the, the opportunity to really fix a lot of the things people are working out there. I think, again, a recap for our listeners out there, like our agents out there, we talked about reaching out to people. We talked about reaching out just to add value, whatever that value is right now, whether it's groceries or calling and eventually somebody asks you about their house or they don't, but it's a great opportunity to have empathy, like that human condition that we're all growing from out here. You know, 3D tours, floor plans. If you're out there and you're doing a listing right now, it's time to step up with what technology is out there. Maybe open houses are virtually on Facebook Live or Instagram right now instead of other ways. You know, starting with Zoom before scheduling the interview, constant communication with those other people were great. The you know, so many different things out there that people can use for action today. The Robert, if people want to find you, if they want to find you online on social media, they want to reach out and ask you questions. What's the best way for somebody to go find, or if they have you know need tips on how to become a, a smoking legend? Yeah, you, you can, can always go. You know, my email is real simple. It's smokerbroker at kw.com. Uh, I'm on a national weekly radio show on KVGI Radio Thursdays noon to one. Uh, it's an internet uh, radio channel. Uh, it is called Smoker Broker. The producer always liked that name. So we talk about hardcore real estate events on a weekly basis. It's a kind of a training model for new agents, existing agents, veteran agents, and the general public. Very uh, cool. Of course, you can always reach us at smallworldrealty.com as well. Well, people will come find you. I'm sure a lot of them will be asking for advice out there. Robert, thanks for getting on here. It was fun getting to know you. And uh, Paul, any, any final thoughts? Anything I'm missing? Uh, no, likewise. I, Robert, I really appreciate your message, message of hope. It's a, it's a very heartfelt one. You're a leader in this industry. And we, you know, we, on behalf of and Aaron, myself, and all of the listeners, we appreciate you coming on the show and really sharing a message, not just of hope, but also action. And I know that we can come out the other side even stronger. Absolutely. Thanks, Robert. Yeah, thank you for having me. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on the million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. 
the most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that, too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.